The Sacramento Kings got a few things back tonight in their win over the New Orleans Pelicans at home. De'Aaron Fox got back to his efficient play. Tyrese Halliburton got back to being an aggressive scorer in the fourth quarter. And the Kings got their first home win of the season on the second night of a back-to-back. We'll talk about it. Plus, you're going to hear from De'Aaron Fox and Luke Walton on tonight's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time, time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports media member, Sacramento Kings media member for the last seven years. This is my eighth season covering the Kings, formerly with Sports 1140 KHDK Radio in Sacramento, now with ABC 10 Television. And another thing the Kings got back to tonight that I didn't mention in the introduction, the Kings got back to 500, four and four on the season, now 2-0 and against the New Orleans Pelicans, who I believe are now 1-8 and on the year. There's still plenty of season left. They were without Zion, without Brandon Ingram in this game. Um, plenty of season left for them to get back into the hunt. I'm certainly not burying them and, 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 and shutting everything down for them. Uh, but two wins over New Orleans Pelicans team that we thought could be right in the mix uh, of the play-in spot with the Kings. Those tiebreaker games uh, matter. So good start for the Kings against one of their uh, same-tier opponents uh, in that play-in tier. Uh, but the Kings honestly came into this game, and there was that that feeling, that anxiousness that we've had here in Sacramento, especially when we learned that Brandon Ingram wasn't going to be playing. There was that fear of a trap game. How many times have we seen over the course of this 15-season playoff drought the Kings come into a game against a team that is missing one or two of their best players, thinking, okay, the Kings surely have the advantage. They should win this game when such big production like Zion and Brandon Ingram are out of the lineup for a Pelican team who's already been struggling. And then the Kings go and lay an egg and they lose to a team of still loaded NBA players who are excited to get the opportunity and who know they need to step up and perform. There's no pressure on them, no expectations. All the pressure is on the Sacramento Kings in that situation and they drop the ball. Thankfully, that didn't happen tonight. The Kings actually got the victory, won the game. They should have won. They they should have definitely beaten the Pelicans in both games, were able to do that. So that's progress in itself. However, this game was a lot closer for the most part than what it should be. If you didn't catch the game and you saw the final score, see 112 to 99, you think, okay, the Kings handled their business pretty comfortably against the Pelicans. That really wasn't the case. It was a 14-0 run in the fourth quarter that created that separation for Sacramento. The Kings held the Pelicans to just 12 points in the fourth quarter. That's what gave them the double-digit win. 
But up until that point, through the third quarter and the early parts of the fourth quarter, this was like a three, four-point game, six, up to six-point game for a majority of the night. The New Orleans Pelicans actually uh, took the lead in the third quarter on a 13-0 run of their own, built, I think, a, a six-point lead at one point over the Sacramento Kings. So it was concerning. Now, the Pelicans, they they lived by the three-point shot, and they also kind of died by the three-point shot in the fourth quarter. And I was I was aware of that from the very beginning. The Pelicans were going to put up a lot of threes. If they were making them, they had a chance. It was really their only chance that they were missing them. Uh, then they had no chance. And the Pelicans end up shooting 12 of 34, 35% from three-point range. But the first half, that percentage was significantly higher. They were doing a very good job knocking down their shots in the first half, which is what kept this game close. In the fourth quarter, those shots stopped falling. That paired with the just fine game that Jonas Valanciunas had uh, is what led to this Kings victory. Jonas Valanciunas, a lot of expectations on his shoulders with both Zion uh, and Brandon Ingram being out, not to mention the Kings the night before had struggled keeping the Utah Jazz off the glass and and some of the Kings guards, particularly De'Aaron Fox, had struggled to uh, get by and, and be effective around the rim with big Rudy Gobert in the paint. So Jonas Valanciunas comes into this game and has an opportunity to do much of the same. And Valanciunas was very good in the Kings win over the Pelicans in New Orleans uh, last week. But he struggles just 5 of 13 from the field. Did finish with a double-double, 14 points, 11 rebounds. But those are both under uh, his averages so far this season. I think he averages around 14 rebounds a game, um, if I'm not mistaken. Mistaken. So the 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 shooting drop off in the second half for the Pelicans, plus Jonas Valanciunas not having his best game. Uh, it makes sense that the Kings were able to get this double digit victory. The third quarter, though, I mentioned the fourth quarter how how good the Kings were defensively, uh, holding the Pelicans to to just twelve points. Um, but once again, offensively, the fourth quarter wasn't the best for Sacramento. They didn't go on that major run, uh, and there was a, a big moment to cap off that run, which was a, a transition dunk. Um, by Alex Len that really got the building going. I wasn't in the Golden One Center. I was watching this game from home uh, with my family, and I could hear how loud it was, even if the, the building didn't look that full. Um, it was good to see that atmosphere back in, in the Golden One Center for the, the Kings when they made that push in the fourth quarter, but still just 20 points scored in the fourth for Sacramento. And Tyrese um, mentioned after the game that he felt the fourth quarter execution was still really lacking. It just so happened that the, the execution for the Pelicans was horrific and the Kings defense was good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to undercut the defense that was solid and aggressive and active all night long, but the Pelicans had like five or six straight possessions where they turned over the ball and the majority of them were self-inflicted wounds. It wasn't really anything the Kings were doing. The Pelicans were just throwing the ball out of bounds or dribbling it off their foot. Uh, they got really sloppy. They cracked under pressure late after having a, a, a really good game. Uh, I thought for the most part, the Pelicans did really well. I was really impressed by them with how they were able to hang around with the Kings for three quarters. Uh, and in the third quarter, the Pelicans were very uh, impressive scoring the basketball, finished with 35 points in that quarter. Thankfully, the Kings scored 36. Uh, that was the only score, uh, quarter the Pelicans and the Kings both scored uh, over 30 points. So that's progress in itself. But that third quarter, man, it got wild, especially when Rashawn Holmes was ejected around like the nine minute mark uh, in the third quarter. Rashawn picked up his fourth foul. He's been frustrated with the officiating against him for a lot of this season so far. It's something that he's tried to correct, control his emotions, make sure he doesn't get into foul trouble and, 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 and make silly fouls based off of 
playing with the energy and hustle that he's known for. He's, he's learned to kind of pick his spots. And in recent games, he's done a good job keeping himself out of foul trouble. Uh, in this game, he picks up his fourth foul there in the third quarter as he's being subbed out on the way to the bench. He said something or did something to get a first technical foul that I didn't realize. And then he got the second technical foul when he pulled off his headband. And I think his intention was to throw it off of the Kings bench, uh, but he sailed it into the crowd. And that's an automatic technical foul. Two techs. He was ejected. I thought it was funny that Rashawn had a smile on his face as he was leaving, even if he was pissed off. It was clear Rashawn was heated, but the man is still smiling. Uh, That just goes to show you the personality of Rashawn Holmes. And I'm not going to lie at that moment. I'm thinking, Okay, the Pelicans have hung around all night long. Rashawn Holmes is arguably this season the second most important player on the Kings other than Harrison Barnes, or at least has been to this point. The Kings are going into another nine minutes of the third plus a full fourth quarter now without their starting center. Oh, no. Like that, that in the in the in the moment, that's how I felt. Like this now it went from a trap game to suddenly the Kings are on the back foot and it might be a struggle for them to to finish off uh, the New Orleans Pelicans. Thankfully, though, like I said, the most reliable player for the Kings so far this season, the best player for the Kings so far this season, has been Harrison Barnes, uh, and he absolutely went off after Rashawn was ejected. Uh, Barnes led the uh, the Kings in scoring, led the game in scoring, actually, with 23 points. I believe, uh, how many of those came in the 13 of those 23 points? Came in the third quarter, all of them scored after Rashawn Holmes was ejected. So he is the main reason why the Kings were able to score uh, 36 in that quarter. Unfortunately, they couldn't stop anybody. Ball movement-wise, it was a very good night for the Sacramento Kings. They had 27 assists, just eight turnovers, which has been a problem for them to this point this season. Uh, Controlling turnovers and only allowing 12 points off those eight turnovers, uh, that's a big difference uh, in this game. Kings also were getting out in transition thanks to their defensive stops, had 18 points uh, in the fast break. Uh, seven players in double figures for the second straight game. Another team victory, even though guys did step up. You notice I haven't talked about De'Aaron Fox yet. That's because I'm saving it for the next segment. Tyrese Halliburton was great. He was aggressive in this game, especially in the fourth quarter. He really led the Kings to victory uh, with his 20-point performance, shooting 6 of 11 from the field. He got to the free throw line eight times, hit seven of them. Also had seven assists, four rebounds. Tyrese was all over the place. Uh, Four steals, too. Uh, for Halliburton in this game. He was great. And Luke Walton, I actually asked him about Tyrese's play. You're going to hear that later on in the podcast. You're also going to hear De'Aaron Fox talk about um, his demands uh, of Tyrese Halliburton later on in the podcast. It's explicit, but it's pretty funny and shows Fox's leadership and his personality. Um, But I do want to talk about the play of Buddy Heald too, because you might look at this box score and see, Hey, Buddy Heald went four of 13, two of 10 from three point range. Wow. That was a really bad game for Buddy. It was 11, but it was a quiet 11, inefficient 11 man. Buddy really struggled in his 23 minutes that he played. I think Buddy had a very, very solid game because with the shot, not falling, he was effective elsewhere. He was very active defensively. Buddy hasn't suddenly become a good defender for the Kings, but he's, active defensively. And this is actually something he was doing better last season. It just wasn't resulting into anything just because mainly the Kings were a terrible defensive team and couldn't really help him out. Now there are guys there to help him out. Buddy is giving the extra effort. He looked very, very good defensively in this game at times. Uh, Looks good putting the ball on the floor, facilitating 
uh, for others as well. So even though the shot wasn't falling for Buddy Hield in this game, he was still very efficient during those 23 minutes, and I've been very impressed with him. I'll continue to sing his praises. Uh, and then Davion Mitchell continues to be incredibly impressive as well. Uh, off the bench, he had eight assists for the Kings to go along uh, with 12 points on six of 12 shooting. He had a, cut up, a couple of just wild uh, fallaway layups uh, that he kissed off the glass, showing some of his offensive touch that uh, we know that he has, and he's starting to show and figure out how to score uh, at the NBA level. So Davion had a great game as well. Uh, I'm starting to just expect solid performances out of Davion on both ends of the floor, and and I, I think that's more of a compliment than anything else to expect that out of a rookie uh, just eight games into the season. But, of course, we do have to talk about De'Aaron Fox and him getting back to his efficient ways. There's one thing that Fox wasn't, but the Kings didn't need him to be. I'll talk about that in just a second. Like I said, though, in the introduction, our title sponsor of today's Locked On Kings podcast, our friends over at McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's been a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet for a study group, knowing that they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and an endless supply of French fries and McFlurries. Uh, it's a place where, win or lose, teammates, competitors, and fans can come to recharge after a game. It's a place that you always look forward to shopping at, or stopping at rather, on a long road trip to rest your legs, refuel, uh, and get those yummy snacks that you need. Look, the uh, the Oreo and M&M flurries they got me through pregnancy. I know, I guess the man isn't supposed to have pregnancy cravings. It's all for the, the woman to enjoy. A McFlurry was my pregnancy craving uh, if I ever had one. Make sure you head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. And maybe we'll do a uh, Locked on Kings road game watch party at McDonald's at some point this season. McDonald's, I'm loving it. Superstar De'Aaron Fox is still MIA. We still have not seen superstar De'Aaron Fox this season. Certainly not like we saw last season with his 30 to 40 point performances, completely putting the team on his back and taking over in the fourth quarter when the Kings needed it most. That still is missing. We did not see that tonight against the New Orleans Pelicans. But the good news is the Kings didn't need that. The Kings don't need superstar De'Aaron Fox to win games on a nightly basis like they did last season. That's a credit to the adjustments that the Kings have made defensively, the additions that they've made during this offseason. And like we've talked about many times already on the Locked on Kings podcast with other losses so far this season, if De'Aaron had just been a little bit better or played at his normal self, the Kings would have won probably two, maybe even three of those four games that they've dropped. Well, De'Aaron was back to his normal, efficient self. So the superstar didn't return, but efficient, dependable De'Aaron Fox did in this game, especially uh, offensively. Uh, he scored 19 points for the Kings, 8 of 14 shooting uh, from the field, 2 of 3 from three-point range, enough for you to respect that shot. And like I said a little bit earlier, very similar matchup in terms of having to deal with a big uh, who roams the paint, Jonas Valanciunas, just like you had to deal with Rudy Gobert the night before in Utah. And the way De'Aaron got himself going was actually with his mid-range jumpers, was using his speed. The handles were tight. They were more crisp than we saw last night uh, in Utah. 
Uh, he used his speed to get by his man. And as Valanchunas and the defense went to meet him at the rim, he settled for his stop and pop jumper. It was falling. That got him going. He then uh, had the confidence to shoot some shots uh, and make some shots from, from beyond the arc. Then he was getting to the rim. He just looked smooth. That was the biggest thing that I noticed. So far this season, De'Aaron Fox has has looked kind of rigid. Maybe he's overthinking or he loses his handle or he dribbles into traffic and, and forces a bad pass and turns the ball over. In this game, he was just smooth. He let the game come to him. He was making the right decisions. He was making the right reactions. Uh, and that was the biggest de- uh, difference for him. And he only turned the ball over one time, did have one steal as well, um, and uh, crashed the glass uh, or helped the Kings on the glass with a, a couple of rebounds too. Just a, a smooth, efficient game for De'Aaron Fox. If there is a criticism, it's the fact that he only got to the free throw line twice. Um, but I'm sure that also has a lot to do with the 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 what's a foul and what's not rule changes. And, and the officials had an interesting game to say the least uh, in Sacramento, but I'm not going to go too far into that. No need to, to spend time on that. Um, I do want to talk about though, the, uh, that efficiency for De'Aaron Fox, how that is enough for this team to be good, but not great. There's a significant difference between those two. If De'Aaron is playing at superstar status, which I think we all knew was not sustainable and was not going to really happen for Fox this year. Like 30, maybe he could average 30 points per game, but that seemed like close to his peak, right? But that that mid-30s to high or to low 40s that he was uh, scoring at times last season when he was winning his Western Conference Player of the Week awards, uh, like we knew that wasn't going to be sustainable for De'Aaron. So that wasn't necessarily the, the asking price from Fox. But the great... High 20s, low 30s scoring performances. The Kings still need those if they want to be a team that potentially finishes with a top six seed in the West. They're going to need those consistently if they want to actually make some noise in the opening round of a playoff series. But good, efficient De'Aaron, like we got tonight, even if he's scoring less than 20 points, even if it's just a 19-point performance, but he does it on 8 of 14 shooting. That is enough for this current Kings team to be victorious on a nightly basis or on a semi-nightly basis. I think the fact that the Kings are a 500 team or around a 500 team with De'Aaron Fox struggling, if De'Aaron Fox is like this consistently and the rest of the team remains consistent, I don't know if it's fair to expect Harrison Barnes to carry how well he's been playing throughout the entire season. But if he struggles, another guy steps up like Mo Harkless had a great night the other night when Rashawn Holmes is ejected. Alex Len steps up the way that he did. And Alex Len was fantastic on Jonas Valanciunas, by the way, and deserves not just the game ball. He deserves a whole rack of game balls uh, for how well that he's played. But on nights where the team is what they've been and De'Aaron is good and efficient, they're going to be winning those games a majority of the time. Now, of course, opponent matters too. It's it's one thing to play the Pelicans versus playing um, the Utah Jazz, who are one of the better teams, and the Kings arguably could have and should have won at least one of those two games, but we're in both of them. We haven't seen the Kings play the Lakers yet. They had a very good chance to beat the Golden State Warriors and were able to do it. We haven't seen them play the Bucks yet and some of the top teams in the East yet, so we'll have to wait and see as the season goes on. But my point is, the Kings don't need that superstar level. They're not super reliant on supernova De'Aaron Fox like they were last season. 
this version of De'Aaron Fox that the Kings got tonight, this efficient De'Aaron Fox, will lead to wins more often than not for this Kings team. If the Kings get this version of De'Aaron Fox with the rest of the team playing the way that they've been playing on Friday, they'll beat Charlotte. They should beat Indiana if they play this way too. They should definitely beat the San Antonio Spurs coming up. Phoenix Suns, I mean, I know they beat them already once with Fox not playing that well, uh, but I expect the Phoenix Suns to be better than what they've shown uh, and to maybe get a little bit of revenge. So who knows with that game. But it's nice to see that this Kings team has been able to tread water, stay around 500 with Fox struggling. Now we got maybe Fox at 80%, not at 100% of, of his capability. And the Kings win. 80 to 90% of Fox Fox's capabilities on a nightly basis with this Kings roster playing the way that they're playing, the Kings will win games more often than not. So I want to hear your thoughts on De'Aaron Fox and his performance. Are you feeling better? Are you relieved uh, based off this performance? Or do you still need to see more? Let me know at Matt George Sack on Twitter. You can email me mattgeorgesports at gmail.com. Coming up next, you're going to hear from De'Aaron Fox and you're going to hear from Sacramento Kings head coach Luke Walton. Before that, today's episode of Locked on Kings is brought to you by Built Bar. I love Thanksgiving, all the good food, all the treats. There's plenty of them, but maybe you want a yummy dessert this year that isn't so full of calories and sugar. The perfect dessert is Built Bar. This is the perfect time for them. The new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only four grams of sugar with plenty of protein, and they taste just as good as pie, if, if I'm maybe even better with some of the flavors of these bars. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut Built Bar. Or go for a raspberry built bar instead of a raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie this Thanksgiving. They're low calorie, low carbs, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% chocolate. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a built bar too right now. And Black Friday is coming up as well, which means great deals at Built Bar. Uh, you will have a ton of surprises, so keep an eye out for the deals that Built will be dropping. Go to Built.com. When you order a box, use promo code LOCKED15 right now to get 15% off your order. Uh, I, have, I suspect that the uh, the Black Friday offers are going to be even better than that. But hey, maybe you want to prepare for a Black Friday sale. Go and buy a mixed box right now. Try out the different flavors. Then when Black Friday comes around, you can take advantage of that sale by ordering a ton of the bars of your favorite flavor. You'll thank me later. Go to built.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. Locked on Kings is also brought to you by betonline.ag. They're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season and more. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. That's free money for you to play with and make money with. From basketball to football, baseball, postseason that's just now wrapped up. Uh, the NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. We hadn't talked to De'Aaron Fox for quite a while, especially during this stretch where he's really been struggling. Got the opportunity to speak with him. He was a bit feisty. I'm warning you ahead of time. There's some explicit language. He drops a few F-bombs, but we also got to see the leadership and personality of De'Aaron shining through. De'Aaron, you look so much more like yourself tonight. Just how good did it feel to have the game that you had and just the way that the flow of the game went? 
Uh, I felt better. Uh, I felt better to play a better game, but I mean, it's still a lot of, uh, there's still a lot to go. Has, uh, has this stretch where you, you know, I don't know what you know if you've considered a struggle on your end, but is it kind of opened your eyes in a way we're seeing, you know, your team step up in games where maybe ordinarily they're used to you scoring 25, 30 points in order to sustain success? Does this kind of show you what you guys can be if you're happening to be in one of those struggles? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely be good. Um, obviously, you know, we're at 500 right now and we could be, you know, a few games over. Um, but I mean, it's probably the worst stretch I've had since I've been in the league as far as putting the ball in the basket. Um, but that's not the only thing that the game is about. So uh, it's been all right for me. But um, as you said, the team has definitely stepped up and uh, we've, we've won some games and we definitely uh, lost some that we feel like we should have won. Darren, you said it's a toughest stretch. How, how, how have you dealt with this, like kind of internally? And, and then, you know, in terms of the support around you, like we've heard your teammates, your coaches, just sort of speak up on your behalf um, over the last few days. What what has that meant to you and what have you been hearing from them? Uh, it's definitely great, but for me, it's you just keep working. Um, people go through stretches like this in basketball and whatever sport they're playing in life. So um, after a game, I try to, you know, do what I do after the game uh, and, and let it go. I mean, you don't have enough time in the NBA to dwell over what happened uh, in the previous game. So you just got to look forward to the next one. Jared, what do you what do you think the biggest differences are between this team and last year's team in terms of how you guys are operating offense and defense? Uh, I think right now we're defending uh, a little bit better than we did last year. Um, but right now, I think we just have I mean we have the firepower to to overcome a lot of you know if someone's not playing well. Um, obviously, you know I have Buddy and and Davion coming off the bench, guys that can really put the ball in the basket. Uh, Harrison's playing at a high level. Um, you know we're still trying to get Ty to shoot the ball more, uh, but we have a lot of different guys that can put the ball in the basket. So. Um, offensively, you know, when we're having those struggles, we just try to we try to get out of it together, try to move the ball, you know, cut and just try to try to find, you know, the open guy because we have multiple guys who can put the ball in the basket. Pierre, this season outside of tonight, you guys have really struggled to close out teams in the fourth quarter. That's usually like last year where you just owned the fourth and you're one of the leading scorers in the league in the fourth quarter. Do you see that as like the place where you need to kind of figure out what's happening and and excel, that might be what puts you guys over the top? Uh, I mean, I need to step up my whole overall game. Um, but yeah, I think at least tonight, um, our third quarter wasn't good tonight, but our fourth quarter, I think we held them to like 12. So um, knowing what we can do, we have to be able to close out games defensively. I mean, for the most part, besides the Dallas game, every other game we've, we've had a lead um, in the fourth quarter. A few games we had double-digit leads and they kind of brought it down. Um, Portland, we ended up winning the game, but um, against Golden State, I believe we had a 10-point lead in the fourth and lost the game. So uh, just we have to be able to close the game out defensively, and that's that's what we need to worry about, I think. No, I think I'll probably actually just a few games ago when I'm going to go back over it again. You, uh, the, the backup bigs, they've been playing really consistent here. Uh, and I'm talking about Alex and I'm talking about Tristan. I know Sean been playing off the charts. He's had a tremendously uh, good start of the season. But can you talk about Tristan and Alex and what they mean to these uh, team, especially when Deshaun go out in a game like that? Yeah, I mean, bringing them in, obviously, we already know the reputation of, of those two guys, two physical, two physical defensive-minded bigs. Um, and they've come in and done that. Obviously, Tristan's won a championship. Uh, he's, he's brought in a different type of leadership. Um, and then his energy is kind of very reminiscent of Shump when, when Shump was here. 
Um, and then Alex just, I mean, a seven footer, he doesn't, he's not, obviously not the biggest guy in the world, but he's one of the most physical bigs in the league as far as setting screens, guarding someone like Valachunas tonight. Uh, it's definitely a difficult task for anybody, but he did a hell of a job at it tonight. And um, we already knew what they would bring, especially, I mean, I had already, we had already played with Alex before as well, but I think him being here previously, he's, he's definitely feels like he's a bit more comfortable um, in knowing his role, but they've, they've been great for us rather if sometimes one of them hasn't played and the other one hasn't, whatever it may be, but um, they, they've both been ready. They've both been ready. They both know the game plan. I mean, they're both vets. They, they know exactly what they need to come in and do. And they do that. They do it at a great, at a, at a high level. And it's definitely helped us. How did you like the way you guys responded once uh, Rashawn went out of the game and kind of went up against a little bit of that adversity? I mean, I think we responded well. Um, you know, Tristan hadn't played uh, in the first half. And once Rich went out, you know, he kind of knew his number would be called at some point and, and, and he was ready. And I think we all responded to that well. Alex came back in. And I think we just did a hell of a job. And obviously, Rich is one of the best. I mean, he's not the biggest, but he's one of the best run protectors in the league, one of the best guys, you know, getting rebounds. And I think they did a good job in trying to fill in that that gap that he left when he was out. Aaron, um, just the pressure of, you know, trying to get to the playoffs and, and being the face of the franchise, do you feel like it's weighed on you a little bit here early in the season as you struggle? Or are you feeling like you're, you're doing fine, like mentally, and you're ready to like move forward with after this rough uh, stretch? I mean, I'm fine. Uh, once I go home, I don't really give a fuck. It's, it's over, you know what I'm saying? I watch film. I watch film. I When I'm in the gym, that's what I'm thinking about. But when I'm not in the gym, you know what I'm saying? I talk to my, my friends, my people, my my fiance. I mean, that's, that is what it is. I don't need to, you know what I'm saying? If, I, if I'm not playing well, I know I'm not playing well. I don't really give a fuck if somebody else tells me I'm not playing well. If, I'm, if, I, if I am playing well, I know I'm playing well. I've never been... Like growing up, my parents didn't always tell me good job. Like it didn't, it didn't matter to me. I never played for, you know, what I'm saying uh, for gratitude. I, it, it didn't matter to me. So if I'm not playing well, I know I'm not. If I'm playing well, I know I, I know I am. It doesn't matter what anybody's telling me. Hey, De'Aaron, Davion maybe had his best game moving the ball tonight. Halliburton was really good in that aspect as well. Do you feel like you're growing more comfortable moving off ball alongside those guys? Yeah, I mean, we were all, you know, still, um, still learning how to play together. Um, but I think it's definitely been. It's been good so far. I think, um, especially when it kind of gets stagnant, you know, you have to go pick and roll. Uh, we have multiple different guys that can do it with with Harrison as well. Um, but I think it's still it's still learning. It's definitely still learning. Um, but for us, more so when we're on the court, we just know we have to rebound. That's that's where it is. We know we're going to make guys miss um, with how active you know Ty is and Dave and how how uh, how good of a on ball defender Davion is. We know we're going to make people miss, so we have to be able to rebound when we're in there together. Tyrese had a good night tonight. Um, you mentioned wanting him to shoot more. Coaches talked about that being more aggressive. What have you said to him? And you know what? I told him to shoot the fucking ball. That's what I said. I think I think it might have been last time we were in New Orleans, either either that or in Dallas, and he passed up a shot, came down, ball goes out of bounds, and I'm kind of standing under the basket, and like I I just put my hands on my knees, like not because I'm tired, I just do it. But and I looked at him, and he looks at me like pats his chest. I'm like, yeah, like. Cause I was probably about to curse him out at the time, but we, we try to encourage him to shoot the ball. I mean, he's one of the best shooters on our team. He's going to be one of the best shooters in the league. Um, we just tell him that he has to have more attempts and we're trying to, we're trying to persuade him to get there when guys are going on the screen, especially on him that I mean, he's a 40% three point shooter. He should, he should be shooting that. Now let's hear from Sacramento Kings head coach, Luke Walton. Well, it was nice to get our first, <clears throat> first home win. 
crowd was loud. Um, energy in the building was fantastic, uh, especially in that second half when we went on a run. Um, really, really pleased with the group. You come off, it, I, it's look, I've been in the league a long time. I can't remember coming off a week long road trip right into a back to back at home for your first game. So, um, they, they continue to fight and you got to give New Orleans credit with their two, uh, best players out. I mean, they came out just like they did in, in Phoenix and played hard. They were making shots. Uh, the game was up and down, uh, and, um, and our guys just stuck with it. They built up that lead late in the third and, and Harrison knocked down some big threes for us. Ty was magnificent down the stretch, but it was really, again, a team effort. Like, uh, I thought Tristan's um eight minutes was like a perfect example of what we're talking about as who we are as a group uh he wasn't playing he was out um and when Rashawn got tossed he got checked in he knew the game plan he knew the execution what we were trying to do and he was ready to go uh and I thought that was a beautiful example of, of what we keep talking about as a team so nice win for our group and it'll be a well-deserved day off tomorrow and then we got a, a tough game on Friday. Luke, uh, we've talked about this all week, it seems like, but just De'Aaron looked like himself tonight. Is, is that what you saw? He just looked like yeah. the first shot went down. Yeah, yeah. Um, on the offensive end, for sure. You know, I, I was, De'Aaron's still doing a lot of a, a lot of nice things for, for us. Uh, we just, us here in SAC, know what he's capable of and what he looks like when he's uh, putting a ton of pressure on other teams' defense. And... Uh, there was definitely uh, there was definitely more moments of that tonight. Coach, I was just, you know, looking at the Tarvis uh, stat line. I don't think you realize, you know, in 36 minutes, you know, no turnovers. Definitely a two-way play, a two-way effort on the offense and the defense. Um, just what you say about this, you know, now, now he's, you know, he's getting comfortable with, with his play right now and his pickup. Yeah, what I'm most pleased about with Tyrese um, is, is the improvement he's made on the defensive end. I mean, we he, he's gone from, you know, someone we used to try to have to hide on defense to, you know, he's running around, greeting, ripping the ball from people, getting steals. Uh, we still need him to take a charge, but the, the progress he's making defensively is really going to allow us to grow as a team. Uh, because offensively he's a gifted he's a gifted player and he's got such good feel for the game um, that we'll be able to do more and leave him out on the floor more when he's you know he's able to do it on both ends and tonight he did. Luke, when, uh, when Rashawn got tossed, what were you kind of told? Just how did you kind of see that situation play out? Yeah, he 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 you know he threw his headband. I, I didn't see it, um, but Tony said he threw his headband in the crowd, which is pretty much automatic at that point. And then just kind of along those lines. You guys really, you kind of mentioned a minute ago when he gets tossed, you guys kind of responded in the way. Just what did you see from your guys kind of overcoming that adversity, especially on that second game of a back-to-back? Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. It's, you know, I wasn't surprised by it. It's our, our team, you know, has been, you know, finding finding ways and fighting through everything together, uh, you know, all, all training camp, all preseason and now. So, I was pleased, but I wasn't surprised by it. It's what, um, you know, it's kind of how we've played every time we've been on the court this season. Uh, tonight, we found a way to win. We knocked down some shots. We got some big stops. Um, but the effort and the, the the togetherness stayed the same. Coach, how, how big was Alex Lynn for you tonight? Had a little foul trouble there, but came in and really 
Yeah, we, he he was he was great, um, and he was he's tough. He's physical. It's what we like, um, and he's look he's uh, he he sets great screens. Uh, the you know he his teammates love playing with him because he'll get you open. He'll hit you. Um, had some really nice finishes off you know playmake playmaking from our guards and uh, did a great job of protecting the rim for us. And, and when we did, you know, have breakdowns, he, he, he makes, he's one of those bigs that makes people miss for sure. Hey Luke, uh, the biggest criticism that I've heard mainly for, for Tyrese Halliburton in his first couple seasons in the league. And he even talked about back in college is, is wanting more aggression out of him. He seemed to have that aggression tonight. What did you see from him uh, with that aggression? And what does that do for the team when he has that? Yeah, it's great. I, I've challenged him. I want his personality imprinted on our team. He, he, he is that type of guy. And I want him as loud as he wants to be. And I don't even care if he makes mistakes right now. If he wants to, to call his own play uh, coming off the free throw line, call it. So the more that he, um, you know, can, can share who he is with, with the identity of our team, the better we're going to be. Because he play, his, the way he plays is the same way um, – our culture is set up as far as the passion, the joy that he has. And uh, it was great to see tonight. And then the Pelicans were really living by the, uh, the three point shot there in the first half slowed down in the second half. Were you pleased with the perimeter defense? They were just hitting shots or, or a little slower rotations than you would have liked. No, um, they, you got to give them credit. They were hitting shots. I mean, look, you, in this league, the amount of space, you got to be the second jumper. So, you, you know, they're going to, a lot of times they're going to get that three off, but we want to be hand to hand when they do. And they, they hit some tough ones. Uh, I thought we did a better job in the first half of rebounding. They only had three offense rebounds, but unfortunately they, all three of those turned into threes. So they had nine points off second chance points. Those ones are always tough to challenge, but I was, I was pleased with our perimeter defense. Um, and I thought Davion again was great. Like every time someone on their team got going, he was kind of switching around, trying to put out fires. And I thought he was a big part of uh, us finding a way to win that game. That'll do it for another episode of the Locked On Kings podcast. Thank you for joining me. I hope you will join me for my post-game podcast after the Kings and Charlotte Hornets on Friday. I'm planning on being at that game. So if you're going to the Golden One Center, please let me know. I would love to see you there. We can arrange a meeting before the game, after the game, uh, during halftime. would love to see you. Say hi. Uh, I haven't been able to do that with a lot of fans for a while because of COVID. So any opportunity I can to see some of you listeners, I happily take it. Uh, so if you're going, please let me know. I'd love to see you and chat with you a little bit before the game. Plus, I think it's going to be a really, really fun battle. I'm very interested to see LaMelo Ball and the Charlotte Hornets team, uh, the first Eastern Conference opponent for the Kings so far this season. So we'll see how they do against that. And a very winnable game for this team as well. Will De'Aaron follow up this efficient performance with a just as much or even more efficient game? We'll have to wait and see. Until my next podcast, I appreciate you listening again. My name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.